We are back. It is Tuesday, January 12th of 2021. It is another episode of Real Talk. Brad, how are you, man? Dude, surprisingly, I'm good. I, I'm fine. I think I'm, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm good too. I had a above average sports weekend. And, uh, you know, I just truly were very blessed. First off, let's back up to Saturday. We had three wild card weekend games. Sunday, we had three wild card weekend games. Monday night, we had the national championship. And then, you know, shifting NBA to college. sprinkled in. Sprinkling in NBA games. And tonight, you know, Michigan's got a big one against Wisconsin. Um, top 10 matchup. So I'm, I'm sitting high. I mean, everything's great. And we'll talk about the matchups. But, dude, sports. Yeah, you could even no. go back to Friday. Michigan beat Minnesota, wasn't that Friday? Mm. Or was that a little bit earlier in the week? That was earlier in the week, yeah. Okay. Because their game Saturday was canceled, so. That's right. But let's talk, let's talk about last night first. Um, Ohio State-Alabama, we gave our predictions the other day. Uh, both of us had it close. I had Bama, you had Ohio State. Um, it's not exactly what either of us predicted, but we did both agree that if this game got out of hand, we both thought it would get out of hand in Alabama's favor. Mm-hmm. Neither of us thought it would, but it did. Um, let me let's just go over the facts here. Alabama wins fifty-two to twenty-four. Um, number one, Alabama over number three, Ohio State. Mac Jones was uh, phenomenal. I mean, he was thirty-six of forty-five for four hundred and sixty-four yards and five touchdowns, no picks. He did have a fumble in the first half. Justin Fields, on the other hand, 17 of 33 for 194, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, He adds 67 yards on the ground, including one for 33 yards. A couple of storylines here. A, Trey Sermon, running back for Ohio State, leaves after two plays. The first play, he was injured. The second play, he he was in the lineup but didn't even realize he was hurt until mid-play, basically. You could just see him grab his shoulder mid-play and he goes to the sideline, never comes back. Um, lots of players out for Ohio State on the D-line, especially Alabama. Nothing notable outside of Waddle. Waddle ends up playing. He catches a play early on. and uh, But the story of the game is Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. 12 catches, 215, three touchdowns, all of which came in the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. He, played two, he played two, maybe three snaps in the second half, gets hurt. But at that point, it was, it was out of reach. What was your set? Did you, first off, did you watch the full game? Um, I uh, about midway through the third quarter, I had to call it quits for work. Yeah, but um, I did watch the whole first half, which I think a lot of people agree the game was just about over after that second quarter. Um, you know, Ohio State's missing a lot of people, and uh, you know they had COVID issues throughout the week, and they're going up against a, a juggernaut in Alabama. Um, I can't, I'm not going to criticize them too much. I mean, they're the second best team in college football, I guess. There's no shame in that. Um, I would have thought the three-headed monster of Alabama, you would have taken Devontae Smith or Najee Harris and tried really hard to stop one of them and make the other one beat you. Can't stop them both. And I think Ohio State tr- tried too hard to stop them both, and it ended up backfiring. They're both too good to 
to not focus to take one of them completely out of the game. I think um, it was interesting some of the formations they were running. They had a lot of linebackers on the field, and um, it Ohio ended State. up Ohio yes. State had Yeah, yeah, and it made it really easy for Alabama. It just seemed like um, you know Alabama went up like fourteen seven, I think. Then the Matt Jones fumble happened, and Ohio State scored off the short field. And then it was all Alabama after that. It was just a kind of a massacre. It was it would be 38, 38 to ten after that point after the fumble and the score off the turnover it was thirty eight ten Alabama. Um, someone asked me at work today. I remember saying, you know, they were like, "What did you think about the game last night?" And Alabama is really good. I don't think there's any shame for Ohio State there. This. You know, a, a year after seeing Joe Burrow's LSU, this might be the best team I've ever seen. You know, it would be super fun to see this Alabama team versus LSU of last year. It'll be one heck of a matchup. But I just saw on our Facebook page someone shared. I think it was uh, Jared Reddit, and yeah. uh, he he said that now every single Nick Saban recruit has won a national championship. That's incredible. That's absolutely insane. So. Alabama is just really good. Yeah, I don't. I don't have too much more to add. I mean, I'll say a few things here. Um, I disagree that I you you said that you thought Ohio State tried too hard to take away two players. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't think they even tried to take away Devontae Smith. I think they tried to take away Najee Harris. Um, because if they honestly attempted to take care of Devontae Smith, it was awful. Your attempt was poor. Um, I thought that they thought, hey, let's stop the run, which, by the way, they did. Just to be clear, um, Najee Harris had 22 carries for 79 yards, 3.6 yards a carry. They played him really well in the run game. The receiving game, they didn't have an answer for anyone, especially Devonta Smith. I mean, like I said, 12 catches for 215 and three touchdowns. The third touchdown um, that really just... It, it just, just seemed, like an, ab- across it the seemed field. like an absolute dagger. Like, this game is over. No chance today. Um, Devonta Smith, like you said, he walked across the field. He was being defended by a linebacker. That's not an effort, in my opinion. That you got to be better than that. Get somebody else. Get another corner. Grab a redshirt corner. I don't care. You need to be better than that. It's just unacceptable. I mean, so this was Monday night. The previous Thursday night, I believe it was Thursday, there was a presentation. They gave a wide receiver an award. It's called the Heisman Trophy. That was the first Heisman Trophy awarded to a wide receiver in 30 years. You'd think you would know who the best player on the team is, and you would have you would have calculated that better. I guess I guess in my opinion, there's a, Ohio State couldn't stop Devontae Smith, and and it was on TV, and everyone wants to rip Ohio State. I'm not ripping them, just to be fair. Oh, okay, that's fine. I just think that I just, they wrongly called their defensive game plan. I just think there was 12 other times this year teams had no answer for Devontae Smith. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he yeah. won the Heisman because he's that good. Because if you have zone, they're going to run Devontae Smith towards the weakest part of the zone. They ran so many plays for him. I just, I just feel like going into the game – they needed to pick one of the two and say, this player is done for the game. We're going to double them or triple them. The other one and their other guys are going to have to beat us. So I thought they would 
yeah. you know, whether it's passing or running in the passing game, I thought they would have a linebacker, maybe chip Najee Harris, and then another pr- player guarding him, like completely take him out of the game. But he went for 158 total yards and three touchdowns. Smith, 215 yards. They had six touchdowns together. Yeah. I thought they would try and eradicate one of them. I think they pl- tried to play, you know what, we're going to play a balanced defense and and try and play both, and it didn't work. Whatever yeah. they did didn't work, and it was just – it got ugly, but I still think Ohio State had a good season. But, um, yeah. I don't want this to just be a down on Ohio State because uh, truly I, I I try to do my best about when I'm at least talking about the game. I'm objective. Even though I wanted Ohio State to lose, they did lose. I'm happy that they lost. Um, objectively, I try to call it objective. And I'll say this. To anybody that's sitting here, you called them the second best team. To anybody that's sitting here today and listening to this, and you think they're not a top four team, stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's I don't know who is, you above them. Uh, it's, there's nobody. There's nobody. You know, the argument was Notre Dame didn't deserve to be in. They got beat by Alabama. And honestly, Notre Dame played Alabama better. But who cares? It, the best four teams were in the playoffs. We know this to be true. And even if you substitute Texas A&M in for Notre Dame, that's like the only argument I guess you could even possibly say. You know, Cincinnati obviously lost to Georgia. But A&M lost to Bama. Everybody lost to Bama. Just stop. Just let's pretend we we actually are educated when we're talking about this. Ohio State's a top three team, top two in this case this year, and uh, easily deserve to be in even though they only played seven games. Doesn't matter. So – Holy crap, is Devontae Smith good, though? I want him on New England. Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about some NFL football, baby. Um, First off, Saturday, January 16th, this weekend, 4.35 kickoff time. This game is going to be on Fox. You have the L.A. Rams coming off a great win against the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to play at the Green Bay Packers, who are 13-3. and Uh, I guess the only thing I have to take away is the Rams looked so smothering against Seattle, but boy, did they leave that game beat up. Mm -hmm. Where are you at on this one? For me, I've seen a lot from the Rams that I liked. I just don't know if it's enough to beat Green Bay. Gun to my head today, I'm taking Green Bay, but I could see the Rams pulling this off, shockingly. Yeah, I still... I still like to uh, go back to the fact that the Packers didn't play too many teams with a winning record this year. Um, I believe they split that two and two. Um, and I believe their win against the Titans was more about the weather than the team's actual ability to, to play. They just came up to the cold and Lambeau and they just didn't look like yeah. they were in the game. Um, I d- Here's where I'm at on this. I think the Rams will be fine. And I think. Sean McVay, the way he schemes up this running game, they they run well traditionally against most teams. I think they'll have success on the ground against the Packers. And I think the Rams will be able to score. But I look at the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers has been great, and a lot of that has to do with him and Devontae Adams' connection. I really value the top tier corners in this league and, and to be able to watch Jalen Ramsey on Devonte Adams is a phenomenal matchup. And I think it takes a lot away from what the Packers can do on offense. 
And I'm not saying they can't win the game or won't. I'm just saying I, I don't see this game being a blow at all. This is going to be very close. And I don't know. that It's a good matchup. I really like this matchup a lot. But I think I'm going to take the Rams to upset the Packers. But I the Packers are a really good team. But I, I think the Rams can do it. 100% agree that the Rams can do it. Um, what have I said? What do you need? Lockdown corner, Ramsey on Smith. Love that matchup. I would, I mean, how good has been Devontae Smith this year? Maybe the best receiver in the league. I mean, he's been so freaking good. I knew going to do that. What? He said Devontae Smith from Alabama. Oh, my gosh. You know what's funny? He's actually, he tweeted out that if you're going to mess my wrong. game. <laughs> Devontae Adams, I knew it too much. I almost That is I almost, hilarious, though. I almost did it. Devontae Adams. Yes. I mean, truthfully, how has he been the best receiver in the league this year? I mean, him or Tyreek. What's that? He, I don't think it's arguable. And if I, you were to argue, I think I'd go with Stefan Diggs. Okay. I mean, that's, the, that's fair, the too. The year that he had. Yeah. But, so you got Ramsey on him. That'll be a great matchup. It really will. I think Adams will get his. I think he'll do I mean, he's damn good. I mean, but so is Ramsey. And Ramsey has taken on this task, and his stats don't really back up about the year he has until you look at his game by game. He's shutting everyone down. Nobody's even throwing at him. He doesn't have that many picks because people don't throw at him. I, if Aaron Donald can play and get, and get some pressure on Rodgers, make this game physical that we talk about, you know, that Green Bay just doesn't like physicality. Cam Makers runs how he ran, you know, this past weekend. Golf just needs to make a few plays. Unfortunately, it sounds like Cooper Cup is he's, he's beat up. He's gonna play though. He's gonna play. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so. think they said it was. Uh, it looked worse than it was. I think they said it was a uh, basically more of a knock, like a Charlie Horse knee sprain. I okay. think is what they okay. said. I think he should be there. So, golf's beat up. Cup's beat up. Donald's beat up. But I still like this team to to bring the physicality. This one's super close. Low scoring. I don't think. I think Green Bay has a very low score. If they win this game, it'll be the lowest score they've won with this year. And I don't even know what those numbers would look like. But I'm telling you, the Rams are gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna make this ugly. I think the Rams have a very good secondary across the board, and I think it posed some problems. Now Rodgers has been lights out this season. No one's denying that. Um, it's the whole, you know, the rust or recovery type of thing. Will they come out refreshed? Or will they be a little bit rusty and take a quarter? You know, what if they get behind early, a little 10 nothing or 10-3 mm-hmm. type of thing? Um, I, There's a lot of good matchups. It's a lot, a lot of strength versus strength when you look at these teams. So I, I think this is a really fun game, and it's a great way to start the weekend as the first game. I think it's going to be really good. Absolutely great game to start the weekend, and it will set the tone. Much like Bills Colts did, Bills Colts set the weekend um, off right. I mean, it was a three-point game down to the wire, questionable call um, as time was it was getting close to the end. I mean, it was a great game. This one, I think, will be the same. I think this will be a physical game, and we're gonna see the winner of this game has a very, very good chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think all. All four teams do. I think they're <laughs> really good last four. Yeah. No, I, yeah. 100% agree. Um, 
we've been on and off on the Rams all year. They've been such a weird team. Yeah. But if they play their best game, they can beat Green Bay when Green Bay plays their best game. And if they're up at half, it's a wrap. Rams just <laughs> got to get – What half is it now, like 34, 35, and 0, something it's crazy? It's got something like that. They just got to get the half with a win in the game, and it's all good from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have much more to add to that one. Um, I'll take the Packers in a very close one. You're taking the Rams, right? I think I, I think I'm going to take the Rams. Yes. Okay. I reserved the right to change it as it gets closer. FYI, sure. it's only Tuesday, yeah. but but today, I'm taking the Packers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Saturday night, eight fifteen, the eleven and five Baltimore Ravens, coming off a win against. Tennessee on the road will play at the Buffalo Bills coming off their first playoff win since 1995. Super. Uh, And the Bills took care of business at home against the Colts. Uh, Bills will once again have fans in the stadium. Boy, is this another slobber knocker on Saturday night. This is going to be fantastic. uh, Yeah. Gosh, this one has nail biter written all over it i mean first off let's just let's just talk about this lamar jackson josh allen exact same draft class okay this weekend um you know first off this draft class has a great weekend because baker also was in that class and he won it as well um so they're really balling out but the ravens man lamar jackson just single-handedly took over the game Used his legs, did things that we we expected of. He made a bad throw, but he just kind of shrugged it off and and kept moving and kept chugging. And they shut down Derrick Henry. Now the Bills don't have much of a running game. You know their run game is really is Josh Allen's legs. I mean, for right. being they have an answer for Diggs. I'm going upset. Baltimore Ravens beat the Buffalo Bills. I have the Ravens as well. Wow, okay. I like the Bills. Really liked, you really liked Buffalo this year, especially late so, in the year. I really did like Buffalo, but the Ravens are they're just so much different than any other team. Like you just the whole Lamar Jackson thing. I don't think the Rave or the Bills front seven is super athletic. I think a lot of them are, you know, a lot of big guys, you know, that they do pretty well against the run. But I I don't know. I just think Lamar Jackson is is a really big problem for the Bills. And when you look at the Bills' lack of a running game, they have some some hogs up there in the defensive line. I really think with four or five guys, they can maintain a pocket. And the Ravens have, I think, maybe the best trio of corners in the league. When you look at Humphreys, Marcus Peters, and Jimmy Smith. So I look at them to be able to put a safety over Diggs and be comfortable in man coverage on either side with Humphreys or Peters. So I think they pose an interesting, you know, little dilemma for the Bills. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to just go four wide and throw the ball all over the over the lot. Um, but again, outside of a Hal, Hal Murray, this team's 14 and two, you know, so the Bills can beat anybody, but. Josh Allen and Lamar both getting first uh, playoff wins last weekend. So, monkey off the back there. Um, what a coaching matchup, Harbaugh and McDermott. I think there's a lot to like about both these teams, but 
I think the Ravens have a bigger X factor at quarterback. Maybe not a better quarterback as a whole, but three or four times a game, Lamar just does things that you can't, like nobody else can do. And, um, you know, if this game's going to be close, you're going to need special teams. And one team has Justin Tucker. So I like to take that into account, too. Did have his first miss, though, yesterday that I can remember a long time. But let me pose a question to you. Hmm. I don't think I'm too far off with this. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw for 50 touchdowns his first year in the his sophomore year, but his first year as a starter, okay? Is Josh Allen better than Patrick Mahomes? Um, it's tough because I think Patrick Mahomes is more accurate. Um, but they're both big. They both have cannon for arms. I think. I think Patrick Mahomes just has really good PR people. He was a new toy that we all fell in love with super quickly. Like Patrick Mahomes, even if you believe he's the number one quarterback, this belief that the gap is super, super far is, it's just not true. When you talk about Brady, when you talk about Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen getting into the conversation, guys like Herbert and Burrow coming up, you know, sorry if I missed somebody, Deshaun Watson, like Patrick Mahomes does some cool things. Absolutely, but I wonder what Josh Allen would have done with Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It's it's a piece of the pie, certainly, on how you have to evaluate quarterbacks. You know, what are they working with? But I'm not going to take anything away from Mahomes for being awesome on the team he was drafted by. That's not his fault. It's not like yeah. Mahomes against him. But if you're asking me right now, I would take Mahomes over Josh Allen. But that gap is shrinking play by play, in my opinion. And uh, I think the Chiefs, their two biggest teams that they didn't want to play are the Bills and Ravens. And now they don't have to beat both of them if they want to go all the way. So when we're talking about Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think I think they, in their minds, dodged a bullet by not having to play both of these teams. Um, but yes, Josh Allen's a stud. I, I was a big Josh Allen advocate when he was coming out of the draft. And since I've been invited to the podcast, I've talked about Josh Allen. Now, did I think he was going to be what he was this year? I didn't. I and did, what has Stephon Diggs for that done for this team? Phenomenal things, obviously. But um, getting back to just this game, I like I, I like the Ravens, especially if the weather becomes an issue and the run game is what you need to have because there's a good chance we could get some super cold weather you know just pound the ball and this team has ran for 3,000 yards two consecutive years which is the first time in NFL history so they have a good defense that's playing its best football over the last couple weeks and their offense Lamar throws one of the the worst one of the worst picks of the playoffs so far and then he turns around and comes back with a I'll just do this myself 48 yard touchdown run he's just He's just, you can't account for him. Lamar Jackson, him making two to three magical plays a game is inevitable. So I don't think, I think he makes more than two or three. I think he just, I think he has a better game against the Bills than he did against the Titans. And that's going to be hard to do. Best case scenario is that the Bills get off to a hot start and are able to hold off the Ravens. 
But I just think that the Ravens can literally take this game from the opening kickoff and just control the clock, just absolutely control it and manhandle their way to beating a team that really just doesn't match up well with them. This is a bad matchup for the Bills. It really is. Um, I, I don't think, like it. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's going to have two turnovers this game. I could see it, yeah. I think he's going to have I, and, and, and Lamar made uh, as well, especially when, I mean, we forget who's on the other side. Tredavious White for the Bills is mm-hmm. is a stud. He will have his his day probably guarding Hollywood Brown. I think they might even just keep him on his side. I don't think there's one de- definitive receiver, but um, they do also have two great safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah yeah. Hyde. So yeah. the whole Mark Andrews thing, I think they're going to have you know, and Tremaine Edmonds in the middle. So they've got pieces, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like really the Ravens good. to win this game. It's a great game. Can't wait for it. It'll be fun. We'll keep it moving. Sunday, the next day, January 17th, 3 o'clock kickoff time. I, I hate that it's starting so late. It could have easily been a 1 o'clock matchup. But 3 p.m. on CBS, you have the 11-5 and five Cleveland Browns coming off an upset over the Steelers this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to travel to Kansas City 14-2. and two. Um, first off, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Do you want to say anything about the Steelers before we get into this game? I don't think we need to talk about the Steelers. It's, it, it's not really about them. They, yeah. they got their asses kicked and the Browns played a phenomenal game. And since the beginning of this podcast, we've had a rule that the Browns are the Browns. So they're not the Browns. And I think maybe making it to an NFL divisional round in the playoffs with an 11, five record, maybe they're not the Browns anymore. I think yep. Kevin Stavansky's done a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, best analogy I heard all weekend, Colin Cowherd. Um, he nailed this. This is out of the park. He says, you know you have a home run at coach when they can turn your locker room into grown men. And this is his example. He said, uh, when dad leaves for the weekend and the place is trashed, you know, you don't have the respect of your children. When dad leaves for the weekend and you come back in the house. House the season. And I think a lot of people probably didn't assume that the Browns could do what they did. And obviously the Steelers had a lot of, a lot of help, but. Let's make it about the Browns. I'm not asking if they can replicate it, but can the Browns go into Kansas City and knock off the Super Bowl champions? Um, so the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is not anything that's out of this world. I think the Browns offense will have success. And, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, everyone says, well, can you keep up with the Chiefs offensively? They scored 40-some against the Ravens. They scored 40 against the Steelers. Now, I know a lot of that came off of interesting things, but they still put up the points. So the Browns they threw 35 up in the first half against Tampa. They had a ton. I don't remember what the final was. I'm talking about the Browns. I'm talking about the Browns, though. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Chiefs. No, no, no. So, So the Browns have shown the ability that they can score. The Browns scored 40 on the Ravens? 
Yeah, Call when they that Monday that nighter. That's right. Yep. You're right. Thursday so night, they, they did lose, but I think that's the thing. I think the Browns have put so many resources into their offense that there's just a lot of holes on their defense. Now, however, when you have Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Landry, the offensive line playing like they are, Baker's been phenomenal. Baker has been absolutely phenomenal. He's thrown one pick since the prohibition, I think is when it was. Like he's been playing he's been playing lights out football. So the Browns are not turning the ball over and they're running the ball super well. So I think they legitimately have a chance to beat anyone. A lot of people are looking at this game like the David versus Goliath, the team that's not supposed to be here, but like why aren't the Browns supposed to be here? They won, you know, they they went 11 and 5 and 3 of those losses were in division which are always tough games twice to the ravens and once to the steelers so it's not like this team just can't compete they've they've beaten a lot of teams and aside from one crazy nonsense game against the jets where they lost their entire wide receiver that game was just fluky so absolutely this team can can beat them and the Chiefs won seven straight games by less than a possession. I mean, it's not like they were just flying off the handle, destroying teams. So we'll see how they look coming out of the bye, and we'll see if maybe they were on cruise control in the regular season. But I think there's a little bit more to worry about in this Chiefs team. And not just because of last week, when you really like throw out what we thought about the Browns before the season and just look at what they were this season, especially after the loss of OBJ, ironically enough, made them better. I don't think it's totally crazy to see the Browns in the AFC championship game. I pick, I'm picking the Chiefs to win, and they're the favorites, and it would be shocking if they lost. But I think you're a fool if you sit there and say the Browns don't have a chance to win. Way back when, I don't even remember, it's been a long time, I predicted that Casey wouldn't lose another game. Well, week 17, they sat their starters, and they lost the game. I think that's a bad move. And uh, the double buy. I I don't like the double buy. I don't know a single team that it's ever worked for. I would, if you're listening to this podcast, okay, I advise somebody to find me a situation where benching your week 17 starters going into a buy benefited a team. I seriously, I want to I want to hear if you got a situation because I don't think it ever has. Um, I don't love it. I don't love this. This matchup screams upset because the Browns can get off to a fast start, get a little bit of confidence. KC can come out rusty because they haven't played in legitimately three weeks. And all of a sudden, the Browns have the football up 10 nothing, and they're running it still. And they're chewing clock. Now, mind you, we, we've seen this. We've seen this story. It don't take much for Patrick Mahomes and company to get 28 like that. This screams upset. 10-point spread? That's too much. I, it, it's, it's Honestly, it's astronomical. I don't understand that, how somebody... Almost 10 points in a playoff game. But, but like you alluded to, like if the Browns get off to a lead, if the Chiefs get off to a lead... I really liked what I saw from the Browns in that Ravens game on that Monday night. They're down by like 10 or 14 points. Let's just methodically move down the field. Yeah. And I 
honestly, there was some great play calls against the Steelers when they ran like those screen plays. I, I don't feel like I saw a lot of those in the regular season, but Nick Chubb even scored on one. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they use Chubb to get all the way down the field. And then it's like, here comes Kareem Hunt in the final 20 yards running mean when they've just driven down the field. And Baker's not forcing anything. And there was a, even against the Steelers when they were blowing him out. There was one play I really liked Baker. It was a play action, and he looked and he saw he saw an open guy, but the safety was coming down, and he threw the ball kind of down into the dirt, moving on to the next play. It's like even when they're they have this massive lead, Baker's not forcing anything, and that's what used to get him in trouble. And I, God, the sky is the limit for the Browns. And as funny as it is, I. Obviously, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, and anytime the Steelers are playing, I root for them. But the Steelers are out. I'm not so naive to not like find teams to root for and stuff. It would be so cool to see the Browns beat the Chiefs this weekend. I think it would be awesome to watch, and I really do think they have a shot, and I'm hoping they do it because, honestly, their fans deserve it, to be quite honest with you. It would be a really cool story. Yeah, I mean... I know who you root for. You're my co-host. I, 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 I like to see you happy. Okay. Oh. On, on, on the flip side of that, it was very cool to be on social media on Sunday night as the Browns were just honestly taking it to uh, a team that a lot of people just dislike. You know, for whatever reason, the Steelers are a disliked franchise. Sure. A, lot, a lot of success, obviously, usually comes with that. But um, seeing the Browns fans just get hype and, um, yeah, it was great. And, you know, for me as a Patriots fan, there's usually a couple of teams I dislike. <laughs> uh, the Jets, for one. And whoever's number one in the AFC. And for, and for the last couple of years, that's been the Chiefs. Um, you know, anybody that's starting to threaten Tom Brady's throne, no thanks. <laughs> you know? Um, Baker I, is a Windsor-ship. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to see Baker play his ass off and for the Browns to get the W. I I don't This is a fun game. I'm taking the I'm taking the Chiefs. You heard it. This first is the year. funnest game for me. It is the, the it is the funnest game, yes, because <coughs> it has, in my opinion, the strongest storyline if the Browns win. Name a better storyline going into Victory Monday than the Browns beating the Chiefs. There isn't one. No, there, there is there's... not one. No. You can't manufacture one. It is the greatest storyline. And if they were in the AFC championship game, coincidentally against the Ravens, the That'd Browns would get to host. They would get to host the AFC title game. Yeah. It. Now, mind you, if the Bills win, they would host, but it's still hype. It's still, it's a crazy yeah. thought. It's even, I can't even believe it just came out of my mouth. It would but, be fun uh, to just go to Cleveland that night. It'd be yeah. rowdy. Yeah. But um, I guess, again, like with the, the Brown stuff, as a Steelers fan, you know, growing up against the Ravens, you hated them out of respect. And against the Bengals, it always seemed like players were getting cheap-shotted and injured all the time. And it was a hatred out of, like, disrespect. And then for the Browns, it was just like, we just beat them all the time. It's like... I never hated the Browns. It's like, I've seen them win a few games. We tied the Browns a couple years ago. But it's like I never really had any conviction towards the Browns. It was like 
just a team you kind of felt bad for in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know it was a shitty feeling last night or two nights ago and everything and whatnot, but like, it's just so easy to root for the Browns. And maybe that's weird to say as Joe's fan. A lot of you are like, I couldn't imagine saying that or have your opinions. I'm interested to hear them if you want to share them. But like, it's just so easy to say like, hell yeah, get get one Browns. I just go for it. It's just yeah. this is a really fun game. Fun this team. is this is a true underdog matchup. I mean, no, truly nobody outside of Cleveland has given this team a chance. Nobody. Um. Mm-hmm. 10 points is, in my opinion, a little disrespectful. It really is. But I understand it. I understand it. The Browns can score points. I don't, I don't like to. Uh, yeah. I don't like. Well, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Chiefs simply, simply because at the end of the day, um, Nick Wright said this, and I actually believe this. If you're, if you're up by only one score, with less than two minutes to go, and Patrick Mahomes has the ball, you've lost. I agree with that. I've yet to see him. I've yet to see him not come through in that situation. No, it, you? I totally agree. I just don't like that. Literally, the Falcons dropped a terrible pass interception. It would have. But you're right. He hasn't up to this point. But um, real quick before I, we go any farther, I, you brought that up, and I I don't know if you had told me this early in the year or not, but um. Sun Saturday night, a buddy of mine, friend of the podcast, Dan Yao, some people know him as, um, showed me a video. Patrick Mahomes had 15 dropped interceptions this year. Yeah, I, I someone someone's told me that before because his stats are skewed, like they're just dropping them. Because and and Nick Wright, being Nick Wright, he was like, that's because Mahomes is so good, they don't ever think they're gonna get a chance to. So when it presents itself, they're shocked and dro- like just being funny. But yeah, yes. Had double digit. I didn't know it was fifteen, but I knew it was double digits on dropped interceptions. The and, Patriots had three, and they're winning by less than a touchdown in seven straight games. Like they're this close to losing, and in the playoffs, you don't get a second chance once you've lost. So this Chiefs team is beatable. They're not some super juggernaut. Even look at last year when they won the Super Bowl and and all that. They were down in all three games. It took massive comebacks in a lot of those situations yeah. and. It's not like they're just unbeatable. They're good, and it's going to take your best to beat them, but they're not invincible. I just think that at the end of the day, I don't think the Browns have an answer for Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. It will be the difference. Chiefs will win this game. I'd be shocked if the Browns won, but I I love the idea of them winning. I love that their game plan could make this fun. Yeah, um... Also, though, for any of you guys that that bet out there, I'm not like super crazy, but I'm positive over a hundred dollars on the football season. Take that for what you want. The Browns plus ten is just an easy bet. There's no way they're going to lose by more than ten points. I just don't think so. Okay, we'll keep it moving here. Sunday night, six forty. This one's on Fox. You know who's calling this one? Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Uh, this is the matchup of the year, in my opinion, and it's crazy because this team's 0-2, but it's the 11-5 and Tampa Bay Bucks who come off a, a fun victory over the Washington football team. They're visiting the Saints. This is their third matchup of the year. The Saints are 12-4, and coming off a, a fun victory um, at home against the Chicago Bears in the wildcard round. 
Um, if you guys, you guys did not watch that game on Nickelodeon, I advise you to YouTube the highlights. Nickelodeon did a great job with it. I hope they get another game in the future. It was a fun, fun little, uh, little thing for the kids. I showed my kids some cool stuff. It, it was fun. But back to the game. Buccaneers, Saints. I'm going to let you start. I think I know where you're going. Um, I don't think you do. Um, the Saints have been the kryptonite for Tampa Bay, obviously. They beat them twice this year. Um, and they're at full strength. I think the Saints will be able to score against the Buccaneers. But this Buccaneers offense is so hot right now. And um, I think there's there's two things that make the difference in this game. And I think it's going to align with all the hypothetical storylines from 12 months ago. I think Gronk and Antonio Brown are the difference. Um, last time the Steelers played the Saints with Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, like, mercyed Marshawn Lattimore. He just ate him alive. They, I think, I don't think they're sec- If they're going to put Marshawn on Mike Evans because they can blanket him that way, that's fine. But Gronk is going to get an increased role this game. Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, I believe they have four weapons that are just playing so well. Both running backs are healthy. I think this is just going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be possibly both teams hitting 30, and that's going to be, you know, maybe that's a lot for how well the Saints have played. And I, I think it, it's it's going to suck. It's going to suck that you beat them twice in the regular season, and it's not going to matter when you lose to them in the postseason. But the Saints are going to look back, and it's going to be, you know, controvert. You know, we miss Minneapolis Miracle, Stephon Diggs. Then the next year, oh, was it pass interference on Kyle Rudolph? Oh, the the Rams, that was pass interference at the goal line. And then, man, we beat this team twice, but we couldn't beat them in the postseason. And uh, Drew Brees' last game is going to be defeat by Tom Brady. And maybe this is early. Maybe I wasn't supposed to give it this pick en route to a seventh Super Bowl ring. The Buccaneers are winning it all. I think the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. I think Brady gets a seventh. I think it's just going to, you know, they're going to be defending champs next year, and the Saints aren't going to stop them. I think they win. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I I don't well, I don't I think any team. Field. I don't think any team wants a piece of the Buccaneers right now. Let me get off with this. Um, Tom Brady's been to nine Super Bowls. There's one quarter. There's one quarterback. In those nine appearances, that is even remotely in Tom Brady's category. And I'm, I'm not, I say remote because he ain't remotely close, but he's at least a Hall of Famer. And that's Kurt Warner. Outside of that, Jake Delholm, Donovan McNabb, Eli Manning twice. Again, not even remotely close to Tom Brady. Um, did I already say McNabb? I did, right? Mm-hmm. You have... Russell Wilson, who will, will get there. He'll get there. It's early, but he'll get there. Um, Matt Ryan and Jared Goff. There's always been talks like Brady never got to play Drew Brees. He never got to play Aaron Rodgers. Spoiler, I think he's going to play them both. And I think he's going to beat them in their own, divi- in their own conference before they get to the Super Bowl. Um, 
yeah, I think this is a fun matchup. But Brady's never been swept by a team in, in, his, in his career. And he sure as hell ain't ever been beat by a team three times. And <laughs> this isn't the same team that got decimated weeks ago. Antonio Brown was week two of being on the team. Week three. And one of the weeks he only was his first game. Was it his first career game with them? Yeah, it was week week nine, wasn't it? Week nine or ten. It was his first game. Okay. This isn't the same team. They didn't have Michael Thomas, though, in the second one. I understand. I understand. Um, and I believe Chris Godwin in that game was playing with a finger splint, and I, he he came off a really bad game, four drops. I mean, he actually came into the game with four career drops. So four drops in this last game was really rough. Um, the tight end play out of Cameron Brait has been great. Um, didn't mean to rhyme there. Uh, <laughs> and Gronk, when they traded for him, they really traded for him for one thing. At some, at some point, we need a big postseason play from you. And this is it. Because at this point, I'm going to slap Bruce Arians upside the head if you don't understand. Mike Evans won't be a factor. Lattimore is going to blanket him for the millionth time in their career and just understand he's not going to be part of the game plan. Run him off all day long. Run him off. Whatever. You want to lock him down, fine. Every play, we're going deep. Every play, you're not going to be a factor. Use Godwin. Use God, is Antonio Brown looking good over these last couple of weeks? This is literally Antonio Brown that we said it could be a top three receiver in the league. I mean, this is how good Antonio Brown's been. And it's been quiet. Nobody's talking about it. Literally nobody. Buccaneers win this game. I'm not going to throw a score out. Tom Brady finds a way to get it done. They will find a way to get it done. And uh, Drew Brees actually might even be part of the reason. You know, yeah. He, just, he he is truly at the end. He is truly at the end. He's run out. Um, it'll be interesting if they use Taysom Hill at all in this game. Uh, that man. Um, I think you know. You said he gets to play Breeze and Rogers. Yeah. Um, he did play guys like Big Ben and Peyton Manning through the AFC to get to those Super Bowls. Never in the Super Bowl. No, no and, yeah. and I get that. But um, you know, just going off my game picks. I think Tampa's going to host back-to-back games in this postseason, NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. I do think the Rams get it done. And then again, I think it poses the same issue. You know, when you look at a possible Rams matchup, oh, Gronk's got to make that big catch or just be the sixth offensive lineman. Help out your offensive line and let Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans, like, who do you want Jalen Ramsey to guard? They just pose so many problems offensively. And defensively, their front seven can virtually eliminate the run. Now, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, will they get it done? I don't know. I just think Brady looks better as a quarterback than Drew Brees right now, and I don't know if anyone would really argue that. Yeah, I mean, that's been that's been all year, really. I mean, outside yeah. of the one game where Brees was just – he was unreal against Tampa in that second matchup at Tampa. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we really – you know, going back to the Buccaneers last game against Washington, you know, everybody was talking about how Chase Young was going to be a factor, and he was a non-factor, and nobody has really talked about why. Rob Gronkowski locked down Chase Young. There's a lot of doubles, triples, chips. I, but guess what? That's how you do it. If Cam Jordan oh, wants, to, wants to try and wreck the party, hey, Gronk, this is the game plan today. 
I and, also think Gronk and the WWE might have helped him with blocking a little bit too. Seriously. He's always been a great blocker. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say you're you're you've gotta be joking. Yeah. Oh, he was God. literally just running around shouting stuff with the WWE. <laughs> he wasn't even doing nothing. I think he was practicing. No, he literally jumped off like one little little bullet. Doesn't matter. I think in a, in a in a crazy world, I mean, Tom Brady defeating both Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers to to go into a Super Bowl against it doesn't even matter who the opponent would be, um, would be a hell of a storyline. But Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, Buccaneers, final. What what was that again? Say it again. Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, Bucks. Uh, last weekend, all the three and four seeds went down. This weekend, I'm calling for four straight upsets: Rams at Buccaneers, Browns at Ravens. No top four seed will be in the championship game. Let's make it spicy. Man. Let's make it spicy. That would literally—I mean, five out six. of nowhere. Five versus six in both wild card games. I love it. I love it, and it's extremely. Of course, I could be wrong on all four, but I'm rooting for the fun experience now. My Steelers are out. I'm trying not to be salty. Good vibes. Let's just yeah. get all the underdogs in there. Run it. Well, that uh, that's a wrap for today. Um, I'm I'm excited for the playoffs this weekend. We'll uh we'll be back on the Real Talk page and popping the polls and um. It was weird not having Real Talk this past Sunday. Hopefully, if you guys wanted your your fix, you you listened to the last pod and hopefully for this Sunday you'll listen to this one. Um, hopefully we do the games justice. Uh, we should be back later this week with an NBA pod, and uh, we'll go from there. So. Yeah. Go Manchester United. Yeah, go blue tonight. Beat Wisconsin, season, baby. And uh, yeah, let's go. Sorry about your Buckeyes last night. Roll Tide. Oh. <laughs> Later.